WNYC Studios is supported by Zuckerman Spader, a national litigation firm advising companies in business disputes, internal investigations, and commercial matters. When the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. This is The Writer's Voice, new fiction from The New Yorker. I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor at The New Yorker. On this episode of The Writer's Voice, we'll hear Edgar Carrot read his story To the Moon and Back from the October 3, 2016 issue of the magazine. The story was translated from the Hebrew by Sandra Silverston. Carrot is the author most recently of the memoir The Seven Good Years, which was published in 2015. His story collection, Suddenly a Knock on the Door, came out in 2012. Now here's Edgar Carrot. To the moon and back. I celebrate the kid's birthday the day after. Always the day after, or the day before. Never on the actual date. Always the same shit. Why? Because his owner, the judge, decided that the kid has to be with his mommy on his birthday. Even if she's a bitch and a liar who fucks every jerk who smiles at her at work. Daddy is less important. Lidor and I go to the mall together. Not for a present. The last time I was in a duty-free shop, I bought him a remote-control multicopter drone. $89. $89. And he didn't even put batteries for the remote in the box. So we're going to the mall to pick up some batteries. But I tell Lidor that it's to have fun. What can I tell him? Not only did Daddy bring his present a day late, but he didn't even check to see if there were batteries inside? No way. The bitch. Yesterday I say to her, let me come to the party, just for 10 minutes, to give the kid a kiss, take a shot of him with my cell when he blows out the candles, and then I'll leave. But she starts with the threats and the restraining orders, texts her boyfriend, the law clerk, while she's on the line with me. I can actually hear her tapping, and says that if she sees me anywhere near the building, she'll make my life hell. Lidor wants us to fly the drone first, and then go to the mall. But there are no batteries in the remote, and I don't want to tell him that. So I say, we'll go to the big candy store on the third floor, the one with the SpongeBob SquarePants helium balloons, and the lady with yellow teeth who yells, come in, come in, buy candy for the little boy, and I'll buy him another present there, whatever he wants. Lido says the mall's great, but first the drone. I lie to him, tell him that the mall closes early. Luckily for me, he's still young enough to believe. Three in the afternoon, and the mall is packed. To be with him for his birthday, I had to take half a day off work. Judging by how mobbed the mall is, I must be the only person in this country who works. But Lidor, what a sweet kid. He laughs all the time, never whines. Not even when we have to wait in line forever to get inside. At the escalator, he wants to go up the downside, for the fun of it, and I go along with him. It's a good workout for both of us. You have to run as fast as you can so you won't be dragged down. Have to strain the whole time not to fall on your ass. Just like in life. A hunchback old lady who's coming down tries to argue with us. Asks why we don't go up the regular way, like everyone else. She'll be in her grave in another minute. And this is what bothers her? I don't even answer her. When we get to the candy store on the third floor, the lady with yellow teeth isn't there. 
Only a pimple-faced teenager, as thin as a chopstick. I say to Lidor, pick out whatever you want, but only one thing, okay? And whatever it is, even if it costs a million shekels, daddy will buy it for you. Promise. What does Lidor want? The kid is excited, walks around the store like a junkie in a pharmacy, looks at the shelves, picks things up, tries to decide. Meanwhile, I use the time to buy AAA batteries. Pimple face doesn't ring them up on the register, even though I wave the money in front of him. What are we waiting for, I ask. For the kid to decide, he says, and pulls a string of gum out of his mouth. I ring them up together, and before I can say anything, he starts playing with his cell. Do them separately, man, I insist, shoving the batteries into the bag with the drone. Before the kid comes over, it's a surprise. Pimple face rings them up, and the cash register drawer springs open with a ding. He doesn't have small bills to make change for me, so he loads me down with coins. Just then, the door comes over. What did you buy, daddy? Nothing, I say. Just some gum. Where is it? Lidor asks. I swallowed it. But it's bad to swallow gum, he says. It can stick to your stomach. Pimple face gives a stupid laugh. You want a present or what? I say, changing the subject. Come on, pick out something. I want that, Lidor says, pointing to the cash register. So I can play with Yanir and Liri like we have a candy store. <laughs> they don't sell the cash register, I say. Pick out something else. I want the cash register, Lidor persists. Daddy, you promised. I said to pick out something that's for sale. You're a liar, Lidor yells and kicks my leg as hard as he can. Just like mommy says, you're all talk. The kick hurts. And when something hurts me, I get pissed off. But today, I manage to control myself because I love my son more than anything else in the world. And today is a special day, his birthday. I mean, the day after his birthday, the bitch. How much do you want for the cash register? I ask Pimple Face, as cool as I can be. What are you, six years old? He says with a crooked smile. You know it's not for sale. He says six years old, as if Lidor were a moron or something. And I realize now that he's trapped me. I have to choose a side. Either I'm with him or I'm with the door. A thousand shekels, I say and extend my hand. We shake on it now and I go down to the ATM and come back with the money. It's not mine, he says, squirming. I just work here. So whose is it, I ask? The lady with yellow teeth? Yes, he says, nodding. Tirza. So get her on the phone, I say. Let me talk to her. For a thousand shekels, she can get a new register, a better one. Lidor looks at me like I'm some kind of a superhero. There's nothing greater than to have your kid look at you that way. It's better than a vacation in Thailand. Better than a blowjob. Better than punching someone who has it coming. Go ahead, call her, I say and give him a little push. Not because I'm angry. For the kid. He taps in the number and walks away from us, half whispering into the phone. I follow him wherever he goes, the door behind us. He looks happy. He was already happy earlier when I picked him up, but now he's flying. She says no, pimple face tells me and shrugs as if the word had come from God. Give her to me, I gesture with my hand. 
She says stores don't sell their cash registers, he says. I grab the phone away from him. That makes Lidor laugh. Dad is making Lidor laugh. Tirza, I say. Hey, this is Gabby, a good customer of yours. You don't recognize the name, but you'd know my face in a second. Listen, I need you to help me out here. A thousand shekels. You not only buy a new register, but I owe you a favor. And where the fuck will we ring up the thousand? Tirza asks from the other side of the line. She's in a noisy place. I can hardly hear her. So you don't ring it up, I say. What am I, the tax authority? A thousand shekels straight into your pocket. Come on, what do you say? Put him on the phone, she says impatiently. The teenager, I ask? Yes, Tirza says, starting to sound angry. Put him on. I hand the phone to Pimpleface. He talks to her for a minute, then ends the call. She says no, he tells me. Sorry. Lido takes my hand. Cash register, he says in his most serious voice. You promised. Two thousand, I say to Pimpleface. Call her back and tell her I'll give her two thousand. A thousand now and another thousand tomorrow. But, Pimpleface starts. I can't take out more than a thousand at a time, I interrupt him. I bring the other thousand tomorrow morning. Don't worry, I'll leave you my driver's license as a guarantee. She told me not to call anymore, he says. She's sitting Shiva for her father. She doesn't want to be disturbed. Sorry for your loss, I say, putting a counseling arm around his shoulder. So think about it. Two thousand is a lot of money. If she finds out later that I offered it and you said no, she'll tell you a new one. Listen to a grown-up. It's not worth getting into trouble over a small thing like this. I press the bottom of the cash register drawer and bam, it opens. It's a trick I learned when I worked at the burger ranch after the army. Take out the money, I tell him, but he doesn't move. So I collect the money for him and stick it into the front pocket of his jeans. Stores don't sell their cash registers, he says. Who cares, I say. Trust me, it's a sweet deal. Wait here for me and I'll be back in five minutes with a thousand shekels so the bills in your pocket don't get lonely. Before I can answer, I take Lidor by the hand and go down to the ATM. Sometimes the machine gives me problems, but today it spits out the thousand in blue 200 shekel bills without arguing. When we get back, a sweaty fat guy with a mustache is talking to Pimpleface. I know him. He owns the frozen yogurt stand next door. When Pimpleface sees us coming in, he points at me. I wink at him and put the thousand on the counter. Here I say. Pimpleface doesn't move. Come on, take it already. Lighten up. I pick the bills up and try to shove them into his pocket. Leave him alone, fat guy says. He's just a kid. I can't, I say. I promised my son. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, fat guy says and tousles Lido's hair without even looking at him. Want some ice cream, buddy? A present from me. A cup of ice cream with whipped cream and chocolate syrup and gummy bears on top. The whole time he's talking, his small eyes stay fixed on me. I want the cash register, Lido says, moving away from him and pressing up against me. Daddy promised. What will you do with the cash register? Fat guy asks, but doesn't wait for an answer. We have one too, but only because the tax people make us use it. It's not good for anything. It just makes noise. 
What do you say? Let daddy take you to the computer store on the second floor and buy you an Xbox instead. For a thousand shekels, you can get the best one with Kinect and everything. I don't say anything. I actually like the idea. It will save me a lot of trouble here. And later too, with Lilia, when I take him back home. Because the minute Lilia sees the cash register, she'll start carrying on. So what do you say? Fed guy asks Lidor. Xbox is the best. Races, chases, whatever you want. Cash register, Lidor says, hugging my legs tightly. Look at what an angel he is, I say and try to hand the money to Fed guy. Help me make him happy on his birthday. It's not my store, Fed guy protests. I don't even work here. I'm just trying to help. But you're not. I move so close to him now that my face almost touches his. I have to go back to the store. Fat guy shrugs and says to Pimple Face, if he tries anything, call the police. And leaves. A real hero. I put the thousand shekels on the counter, unplug the register and start rolling up the code. And when Lido sees that, he claps his hands. I'm calling the cops, Pimple Face says, and begins punching in numbers. I grab the phone away from him again. Why, I say. It's his birthday today. Everyone's happy. Don't ruin it. Pimple Face looks at his phone, which is in my hand, then at me, and runs out of the store. I put Pimple Face's phone on the counter and pick up the register. Now we leave here fast, I say to Lidor, my voice cheerful. Now we leave here fast, I say to Lidor, my voice cheerful, as if this were a game. We go back home and show mommy what you got. No, Lidor says, stamping his feet. First we fly the helicopter, and then we go home. You promised. Yes, I say in the gentlest voice, but the cash register is heavy. Daddy can't carry it and fly the helicopter at the same time. Now the register, and tomorrow, right after school, we'll go fly the helicopter in the park. Lido thinks for a minute. Now the helicopter, he says, and tomorrow the cash register. And right then, just in time, Pimple Face comes running back into the store with a security guard. What do you think you're doing? The guard says. He's a short, hairy guy. Looks more like a pincher than like a security guard. Nothing. I give him a wink and put the cash register back in place. Just trying to make the kid laugh. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, kid, the guard says to Lidor, as if he couldn't care less. Many happy returns, but now you and your father have to leave. Yes, Lidor says. We have to go and fly the helicopter. In the park, Lidor and I play with the multicopter drone. The brochure says that it can fly 40 meters high, but after about 15 meters, it can't pick up the signal from the remote. Its propeller stops spinning and it falls. Lidor likes that. Who loves Lidor the most in the world? I ask, and Lidor answers, Daddy! And how much does Lidor love Daddy? I ask while the multicopter drone spins around him, and he yells, a whole bunch. Up to the sky, I shout. Up to the moon and back. My cell starts vibrating in my pocket, but I ignore it. It must be Lilia. Above us, the drone is getting smaller and smaller. In another second, it will be out of our field of vision and we fall. Then we both start running across the grass and try to catch it. And if Lidor beats me to it again, he laughs that killer laugh of his. There's nothing nicer in this stinking word than the sound of a kid laughing.
That was Edgar Carrot reading his story to the moon and back. He's been publishing fiction in The New Yorker since 2012. You can hear more New Yorker fiction read by the authors on newyorker.com and on the New Yorker apps, available from the App Store or from Google Play. On the New Yorker Fiction Podcast, we invite writers to choose stories from the magazine's archives to read and discuss. This month, Annie Prue reads A Losing Game by J.F. Powers. You can subscribe to that and other New Yorker podcasts by searching for The New Yorker in your podcast app. The weekly audio edition of The New Yorker is available on iTunes or Audible.com. Tell us what you thought of this podcast by rating and reviewing The Writer's Voice on iTunes. Our theme music is by Jordan Batiste and Ross Michaels of North American Plastics. The Writer's Voice is produced by Alex Barron and Jill Duboff of NewYorker.com. I'm Deborah Treisman. Thanks for listening.